What's the word, ladies and gentlemen? We are back here once again, bringing you the latest episode here on What's the Word Entertainment. Of course, I'm always your host, Sherm, and I am finally brought back with my co-host, my partner in crime, Obed. Obed, how are you, sir? How are you feeling? Have you finally recovered from your uh, Sam Donald disease? Because you know we don't get sick pay here on What's the Word Entertainment. <laughs> finally, The Rock has come back. Uh, thank you, thank you, Jared. Yeah, no, the the, the PTO is not a not a uh, luxury out here. Uh, not at all. So I'm, uh, I'm I'm glad to be healthy and back. Yeah, I uh, I think at the motto is going around. Uh, I might be at the same uh, high school dances that uh, Sam Darnold was going to. Uh, but, uh, but no, no, it's it's kids. Make sure you eat your vitamins, your minerals. Uh, get your eat your vegetables. You know, careful out here in these streets. You get a flu and you be out. Comatose. Dude, I'm telling you, you need to stop share, passing that passing that sippy cup around. Uh, the every everybody sharing that junk with you, man. As, <laughs> you get... as anyone in DC knows, I like the O cup. Uh, <laughs> so you know, you got to be careful out there when you're sipping your scissor, which they actually did give me uh, promethazine with codeine cough syrup. Oh, uh, got so it. I do. I've been I've been getting my little Wayne on Young Moolah, baby. <laughs> Dude, at, at home getting ripped on his day off. What the? <laughs> I see you got your priorities in order, Obed. Well, <laughs> nonetheless, glad to have you back here in action, sir. Let's get into it. Um, kind of want to start it on some lighthearted news uh, this week. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed that um, actor and comedy legend John Pops Witherspoon passed away recently at the age of 77. Now, most of us may know Pops from the Friday movies. Some of us may know him from the Wayans Brothers show as well. Man, you know, this guy was definitely one of the funniest guys to me in entertainment. You know, his uh, his resume goes on and on and on. But, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I'll, I'll say I'll be one of those folks who, man, the Wayne's Brothers show with him, absolutely hilarious. And always talking about, shh, don't tell nobody, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, man, I, I, I just I was definitely shocked by the news. I know Ice Cube sent out some condolences, the way all the Wayans brothers did, you know. And, you know, I don't know if you know about it. They were, I believe, they were in production of filming a fourth Friday film. I'm not sure when it was going to possibly come out. So I don't know where they're in that, where they're at in that aspect, if it's still going to happen, if he was part of it, you know, how, how much he was part of it. But, man, it's definitely uh, sad to see a good one go. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, he, he was definitely we lost another great one amongst a lot of the uh, actors, comedians, you know, uh, just, you know, really foundational comedic performers of our, of our generation uh, that have been around for years. You know, everybody has a story about him or a, a scene from a movie or show that they enjoyed him in. It's uh, just kind of tough to, to know that he's gone. Um, didn't know that they were doing another another uh, Friday movie. I, it'd be hard to replace a character like that. I know that we've had situations like Paul Walker where, you know, they had family members stand in and do his parts for him, edited some video. But, you know, right. I don't know how much that does justice to the individual. I'd rather just uh, let, let that individual lie and, and uh, you know, remember them some way, somehow in, the, in their films that they weren't able to finish. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Well, well, I guess we'll see what uh, they go, how they go from here. Moving right along to some sports action. Um, Rick quickly wanted to talk about a little bit of boxing, a little uh, MMA. Not sure if you saw it last week. Uh, going with the UFC, Jorge Masvidal defeated, defeated Nate Diaz live in Madison Square Garden. Um, when the 
for the uh, I guess the BMF belt, the quote unquote BMF belt, bad mother boop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so man, that was that was a heck of a fight. But now they're talking about possibly him making a crossover into the boxing world, and he says he's dead serious about fighting the current lightweight heavyweight champ Canelo Alvarez, who just who won his matchup the other night versus Sylvain Kovalev. Man, now I gotta say we've seen this movie before. With yep. McGregor going over to boxing to fight Mayweather, we we all know how that ended up. I mean, yeah. is this even a possibility? That is this even a, a good thing? Now it's it's going to be a money maker. We all know that. That's the heck. We all know because that's the main reason why McGregor did it. It was to make them when he made what over a hundred million dollars in that one night. Yeah, you know they're not these these MMA fighters. They're not they don't make that kind of money in the UFC. They're, the money's in boxing. So I mean, is this even a possibility that this could even happen? And if so. No, would it be worth it? Um, I think if anybody who did watch the actual uh, uh, Ewan, uh, Ewan McGregor, uh, Conor <laughs> McGregor and uh, Floyd Mayweather fight, McGregor started to wear down. I understand that MMA fighters go through intense, rigorous training, but he just did not have the stamina to be in the ring with somebody who was always moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mel Alvarez is definitely the same kind of boxer, except he is going to knock this guy out. I have to tell you that Jorge Mavidal's CTE was speaking when he thought that he said he could go into the ring with Canelo Alvarez. Canelo Alvarez <laughs> is a jabbing machine and will Dude. not stop. He will relentlessly beat this guy uh, because, you know, uh, Mavidal has to be honest here. You're not going to be able to choke him out. You're not going to be able to kick him. You're not going to be able to grapple him, right? Mm-hmm. You are stepping into the ring with a person who does one thing and that is punching and mm-hmm. i'm telling you he is going to give this guy body blows that this is not going to be a quick fight yes they're going to do it yes it's going to make money it's not going to be me buying it but they can have <laughs> fun. now i have a question for you sherman do you, okay. do you think boxing is dying and do you think that it can keep up with this meteoric rise of ufc you know, I had this actually had this conversation maybe a few weeks ago. Well, actually, when I was in the barbershop with a couple guys talking about, you know, boxing is not the same what it was, let's say, in the 90s, even early 2000s with the real heavyweights. That's what boxing, I think, is missing, you know, with from coming from the Tysons, the Holyfields, the Jordan Foreman's, things like even back with Ali, Rick I think like the Riddick Bowes, the Lennox Lewis's guys, you know, you don't have these big, big name heavyweights anymore you know you had klitschko year a few years back but you know now it's all about the middleweights the welterweights the, you know things like that but you know other than mayweather until recently you know now canelo alvarez who's not really a household name as much as mayweather is now canelo alvarez is one of the baddest dudes on the planet he's what 52 and one and two and his only loss is to mayweather by the way yeah but he just he we all know he was young in that fight he wasn't ready for that he, the guy's not even 30 years old he's fought over 50 times which is out of control by the way yeah yeah. Um, but boxing, you know, unless they get some bigger name, I think they need they need that big those big name heavyweights to come back into play. UFC has grown tremendously over the last four or five, even seventy years, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you know, maybe think about it. Think about where UFC first started. It wasn't even allowed in all fifty states. No. <laughs> you the, know the Shamrock Brothers, and then a couple of guys here and there. Right. You know what I mean? So uh, I think boxing, oh, Betsy, kind of your 
to kind of conclude your point here, is boxing dying out? I don't think it will die out completely, but I think you just need some bigger name guys, some light heavyweights, some heavyweights. You know, where are the Roy Jones Jr. guys coming about? You know, yeah. making that becoming that household name. You know, the Charlo brothers we know a little know a little bit about, but you know, these aren't really big name guys like like i said promote these guys better do what they know like like because we all know everyone knows floyd money mayweather he promotes yeah. himself like no other he's he show, can we, some people hate him he showboats he you know talks trash da, 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 he shows off but he makes money and that's at yeah. the end of the day he, he wins and he makes money those are the two things you go into that sport for just like any other, yeah. any other sport you go to win and you go to make money Okay, let's be honest here. That's what it's about. And you can't really say much when a guy's doing that. So I think that just boxing just needs some bigger name heavyweights, some, you know, some, you know, Pacquiao is probably on his last leg. Who knows if he's ever going to fight again? If we ever ever get a a Pacquiao Mayweather rematch, I don't think so. But, you know, you just, I think they just need to do a better job of doing something, doing more promotion wise for some, from get some, get these guys into every household, into some, you know, mainstream so that way. Because UFC, eventually, I, I think Obed, will take over if it hasn't yeah. already. Yeah, but, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's just my thought on that. Um, moving along, let's get into uh, a quick, quick note. Um, wanted to give a shout out to the Washington Nationals winning their first ever champ or their first ever chip. Congrats, congrats to them, man! Congratulations, yeah. man! I don't think anyone picked them in starting, especially at the beginning of the year, to pick uh, to win, uh, especially with uh, with losing Bryce Harper. You know, yeah. um, him him going to him going over to the to the Phillies in free agency, man. So I I mean I said it, even after game one when the Nationals won game one. I think Chris and I, who was a guesting host, uh, guest hosting a couple weeks ago, we we both picked the Astros to win in six. <laughs> so that was kind of uh, uh, surprising to say the least. I don't know your Should've thoughts. Should have put some money on it. Should have put some money on it. <laughs> your thoughts quickly on the uh, on the Nationals winning their first championship. Yeah, I mean something has to be said about synergy. You know, the underdog, no stars mentality that the the uh, Nationals embraced. It reminds me of the Eagles Super Bowl run, right? Like nobody really has them pegged as this world beater, but you know they just came out, hats down, heads down. Keep playing your game. Play yourself into into a tight spot. Play yourself out of a tight spot. You know, not, I can't say more about Anthony Rendon uh, and what he brought to the table as far as leadership, making big plays when needed. Uh, Soto making big, big plays when needed. Uh, Strasburg pitching his absolute tail off. Uh, Scherzer just gutting it out up there on the mound. Um, it was it was you know probably one of the better. Uh, World Series that I think individuals have have seen in the last few years, uh, you know, and you know, if I'll leave it along the way through the postseason, uh, the meltdown of Zach Greinke uh, was amazing. Um, you know, I, I had no idea you could bring a pitcher out for just one left-handed batter and then have to have the foresight to say, okay, you're done for the night. Um, <laughs> but you know, it was it was it was impressive, very impressive. Congratulations, then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they 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 really showed it out. They they really tr- proved that you know when a team really sh- comes together and plays hard, they can really pull it out. And as you mentioned, Steven Strasburg, I think he opted out of his contract. I think he had about four years. I think a hundred million dollars left on the table. But I think he's. I think they're going to rework his deal, and he's fixing to probably be one of the uh, highest paid pitchers in baseball to come. Uh, moving along. Yeah, I saw get, that. I saw sorry, that. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. Oh, sorry, dude. Yeah. 
I going to say, I saw that, um, you know, he's uh, he's got some great numbers as far as uh, what he's done in the last few years. Ranks eighth at ERA, 10th uh, in wins above replacement since 2010, former number one pick. Um, and, you know, you think of Max Scherzer got seven years, 210 million. Zach Greinke got six years, 207 million. This guy could be looking at five to seven mil, $250 million, you know, just by opting out of that hundred. So you know, five to seven him. years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he gets over 200 million, that's definitely going to be a good payday for Strasburg for sure. And I mean, quite frankly, he probably deserves it. You know, I mean, he, yeah. just, he said, like we just said, he led his team to the championship. So why not? You know, um, moving along, let's get into some basketball uh, news and action. Uh, I don't know if you saw a recent uh, interview. I think Kevin Durant had appeared on ESPN recently and they were talking about, you know, his decision on leaving Golden State, going over to Brooklyn, you know, and he said that argument with Draymond Green kind of played a part in him leaving uh, the Warriors. You know, which was kind of which is kind of interesting to me that he let just one guy kind of affect his whole entire mentality. And I and I and you know, going back to when he first, you know, this was it was first announced that he was going over to Brooklyn. It kind of made me just realize, you know, why would somebody leave to just kind of sit on the bench? Because we all know Kevin Durant's not going to play this year. And I think I saw an interview um, recently there. He said he's probably not going to play that. He does not expect to play at all this season. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I really, I really thought that he would stay on the bench. I mean, stay, stay with the Warriors, sit on the bench, and just kind of just chill out there. You know, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um. So I kind of got me thinking. You know, why would he kind of leave? But you know, the fact that he kind of said, you know, let. You now he said that Draymond, this old Draymond thing, really played a part in him leaving. Kind of interesting, interesting thing to me. I mean, your thought. I mean, could they just not get along? You know, what was what was there? Was there other underlining issues that we weren't seeing out and out in the public? I mean, tell me your thoughts on KD, the whole Draymond situation. So I read into that into that interview, uh, you know, and one of the things that uh, Durant highlighted was that he was in a contract year, and everything came down to his contract, right? His disposition on the bench, who he was hanging out with, when he what what his minutes were like you know, what, who he was passing to. And he was just like, it was just so many things that came to a head. And, and I think it's stuff that we did not see. Um, so they, they actually talked to Draymond on a podcast. I can't remember when I got a quote here from him where Draymond said, I just had to accept the fact that I was wrong. And once I was able to get over my stubbornness and accept the fact that I was wrong, I was able to move on. I lost his trust. How do I get that back? Not so we can win a championship or can win some games, but I actually love this guy. Like, that's really my brother. And so not knowing what's next in our relationship bothered me more. I think that Draymond Green stepped completely out of line and disrespected Kevin Durant to an extent that, you know, I was the I, I as Kevin Durant was a high prized signing for this team hey, maybe you feel like they didn't need me, but that's really, I feel like Draymond's pettiness that, Draymond, who are you, bro? Who are you? Because if they could find someone who scores more and had, plays a little bit of defense, Draymond, you're on the bench. Mm-hmm. You're the starting five for that team. You you, yeah. are, you you are a piece that has come up, but you are not as high prize an asset as this guy. So when you're going no. at him disrespectfully in public on national television and then what sounds like to me from this exchange from what you said from what i read from what draymond said draymond never squashed this like a man i feel like draymond just kind of bit his lip bit his cheek and then thought he could come in one day and everything was cool as opposed to like going in there man to man apologizing stating Mm -hmm. what was bothering him and putting Mm -hmm. this behind them i don't think it ever was put behind them 
And mm-hmm. so, you know, I can imagine that Kevin Durant had a very bad taste in his mouth knowing that he put his body on the line, has right. now lost a year of, of basketball, maybe more to how well he can come back from this injury because we know that Achilles tear is not something people come back from effectively when we look at what happened to Boogie Cousins. Right. Um, and, and to just in the back of your mind think, man, and then this guy came at me because he didn't think I was that important, but I rolled out here and we won two championships. When they needed somebody to run the offense through, they ran it through me. I was very pivotal and vital in the uh, in the success of this team uh, and in ways that Draymond will never be. But, you know, that, that is their brother. That guy came up with them. So I think the juxtaposition of these guys being a part of Draymond and coming up with him versus this new guy that showed up, it just never went away. It was never handled. Right. And, dude, I mean, I, I you're absolutely right. Kevin, we're talking about Kevin Durant, okay? Durant, let me say it again. We're talking about Kevin Durant. This is not some some uh, no-name bench pl- role player, okay? Draymond, slow your roll. You are not Katie. Kevin Durant is, is regarded as one of the top three, if not top five players in the, all of basketball. Draymond, you are not. You're not top 10. Hell, you're not even t- probably t- not even top 20, okay, Draymond? Yeah. Yeah. Slow your roll. And, and, you know what I mean? So yeah. the fact that, like you said, he did this on nat, he was going at him on national television. You know, he had to realize, you know, he was in the wrong. You know, and and you know what? And that's on Draymond for doing that because you yeah. you have a player like Kevin Durant, like a Kawhi Leonard, like a LeBron James, or somebody like that. You 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 take a step back and say, oh, you know what? Even though Draymond, Draymond here's the thing, Draymond felt entitled because he was there from Jump Street. He was, yeah. it was his team. he was there. He was drafted by that team. You know, he was there before KD. They won a championship without him. Yada, yeah. yada, yada. So he felt he got all in his feelings and everything and realized, like, you know what, dude? And he, I guess he finally realized that it's Kevin Durant. And if you want this thing to work out, you need to you need to take a step back here. And that's something happened. So, you're, I mean, I'm, I'm going to agree with you 100% on this, Obed. That it was just ridiculous, and the fact that that ha- that played a part in this man, if they had just worked it out sooner, or that never happened, who knows what could be happening right now? Because because KD could quite possibly still be with the Warriors right now, Absolutely. you know? Yeah, I, I I'll have to send that article over to you. It's very telling. Uh, uh, Kevin made some comments about how you know my contract was about to be up, Clay was about to get paid. Uh, 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 who was it? Andre Godala is getting older. You know, he was mm-hmm. like, it got mm-hmm. to a point where a decision had to be made. We were probably just done, right? Like it just, it, there was going to be a hard way for them to figure out how to keep this nucleus together. Right. And, and, right. you know, who knows what could have happened? Is this them jettisoning Andre's Godala, jettisoning uh, uh, Draymond Green? Cause I tell you what, if you're telling me it's Clay and Steph and uh, D'Angelo Russell and uh, Kevin Durant, you could build a nice little roster around those four guys. Right. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, and dude, and as we're, as we've been talking about the Warriors since our time, just, we just happened the other day is uh, Steph Curry had surgery on a broken hand. He's going to be out at least, at least three months, dude. This changes Ooh. the dynamic of that team so much. So I'll ask you, I'll, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me phrase it this way. A little, let me throw in a little, you right, you mad right here. The Warriors will not make the playoffs this season. Sherman, you're right. I, I just three months of not having Steph Curry on the court is damaging. I mean, just 
it, it, it you can't overcome one of the most prolific three-point shooters in the history of the NBA not being on the floor anymore, knowing that his splash brother, one of the top 15 players in the NBA as well, is not going to be there this year. It, it, honestly, there's no reason to bring Clay back for him to come out here and be overworked with nobody else out there. Much Absolutely not. I feel not. bad for D'Angelo Russell. This is not why he got signed to come here. You know, and, and I'm worried about, does this have implications of an actual now sign and then and trade somewhere down the line? Because what are you going to do with D'Angelo Russell with no one around him? They're going to be losing games. I mean, don't, you don't, you, I'm not saying you cash in the season now and you think about tanking. You're not tanking, but you're going out there and just putting the best forward and building up those new guys because your best bet is to come and attack the next season. Yeah, dude. I mean, there. I mean, like you said, Clay, Clay is out. Probably he probably won't play at all this season. I mean, to, to me, the Warriors are done. Yeah. You know, like you like like they say, stick a fork in them. You know, it's yep. there's no point. Yep. No, don't rush Clay back. There's no need for it. I mean, the West is loaded this season, we as we all yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's any point at all. And so hey, the Warriors, to me, it's over for them. Let's get uh, – let's move along. Let's get into some football news. We're going to start out in the college ranks. Um, just to kind of recap quickly, we, a little bit from week 10, Georgia defeated Florida 24-17. to um, in that matchup, that was probably the probably the biggest game of of the past week. Definitely, Georgia definitely needed that win. You know, uh, I think they're ranked six now. But you know, you know, coming off that loss to South Carolina a couple weeks ago, they definitely needed to get that win. Drake Fromm looked good, twenty of thirty for two seventy nine and two scores. Um, DeAndre, excuse me, DeAndre Swift had Swift had eighty six yards on the ground. Um, I mean, Florida. It, it, it was it was a good game. Florida really didn't come alive until the fourth quarter. I mean, they were yeah. they were they only had three points going you know, going into the fourth. So Ooh. you know, so kudos to Georgia for shutting that def- shutting that offense down. So you know, you know, I mean, but I mean, Georgia, I think is definitely you know playing better than they were you know a couple of weeks ago. So I want to say. Georgia, um, I mean, it's all going to come down to, like, as we all know, it'll come down to the end of the year. With, they're probably going to be in the SEC championship game um, yeah. against either Bama or LSU. So Georgia 100% needed this win. Unfortunately for Florida, they got they got two losses on the on the year now, so they're probably out of the out of contention. But um, it was still it was still a good game there. Um, yeah, Florida will be in a bowl game, I believe, but they just you know the the uh, excuse me, Georgia will be in a bowl game. Florida mm-hmm. probably will be in a bowl game as well, but yeah, they will uh, both be in a bowl game. Yeah, for Kyle sure. Kyle Trask played really well, twenty one to thirty three, two fifty seven, and two touchdowns. They really didn't get a lot of run game uh, support. It was non existent. Uh, I don't think they had a hundred yard rushing between the three or four guys that touched the ball. And you know, University of Florida has one win against a ranked opponent against Auburn uh, that I just don't, you know, and Bo Nix stunk in that game is more the defense than anything else. Florida's got some, some holes to fill if they want to, uh, they want to be able to. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. If they want to really, really compete here. Yeah. If they really want to, if they really want to compete, you know, they really got to kind of step up, but you know, unfortunately for them, they took that L um, looking at some other uh, some news from college football. I saw that uh, Florida state head coach, Willie Taggart was let go. I mean, I mean, an overpaid coach to say the least. I think it was Woo! about. I think it was kind of about time that he was done. Um, and I, don't, I think Florida State is probably better off. I don't know if they need to bring Bobby Bowden back or what have you, but you know, probably. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. So I'm not sure where Florida State kind of goes from here. But hey, you know, it, I guess at this point it is what it is. Um, yeah. Can I can I highlight that? 
looking at the numbers of what it takes for them to lose a, or excuse me, quote unquote, lose a coach like uh, Willie Taggart and a reason why they need to start paying these players. FSU had to raise $20 million in private donations to buy out what was left of Taggart's contract because he had terms, the terms of his six-year $30 million contract, which means your man was making $5 million a year doing Mm. what I don't know, uh, is that the the FSU's athletic department. Sorry, say that that again, old bed. You cut out there. You cut out out there for a second, old bed. Say that one more time. Cut uh, out. Okay, under the terms of Taggart's six-year, $30 million contract, mm-hmm. FSU's athletic department still owes him 85% of his remaining compensation, which wow. is between $17 and $18 million, right? And if you look at the numbers, uh, in both of his seasons, he expe- he had a significant underperformance because the, you know they have uh, expected power index for teams. Start of 2018, FSU was ranked 18th in this power index. They finished mm-hmm. 67th. Huh. They were ranked 22nd to start the year. The team is currently 48th. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, that's telling right there, dude. I mean, it's deplorable. I, and telling me that those kids are working hard for a guy who's making $5 million a year about to walk with $20 million, and he's just not getting it done. These players deserve that money. Right, right. You know, I mean, it's it's telling you know what Florida State went went five and seven last year. You know, so the guy is you know just hasn't getting been getting get, get, excuse me hasn't not been getting it done. Um, so it's it's I can think it was kind of it was kind of uh going to happen at some point. You know, let's let's just be honest. So moving along, let's get into so uh, Robert. I don't know if you saw last night the college football football uh, initial rankings came out last night. There was a couple surprises um to me here. In the, in the in the initial rankings, to me, number yeah. one, number one, man, Ohio State getting that number one overall ranking. To me, this was all about the eye test. This was about how who looks good or who just looks good, and whether who they think is the actually better team. Now, to me, I got I'm still I'm high on Justin Fields, the quarterback from Ohio State. I think I've said it before. To me, yeah. you know, he's definitely a Heisman candidate. Um, you know, I, I, but the fact that Ohio State's ahead of LSU. And Bama came in at uh, number three, and then Penn State at number four was really, really shocking to me. Um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just very, I'm just very surprised. I mean, that's all I got to really say. You know, this is the first time that a Big Ten team is ranked number one overall in the initial rankings. Um, LSU, that number two, that matches their highest playoff ranking of uh, any time. Bama, of course, we all know they were going to be in it, and of course, that's going to get settled out this weekend. And Penn State, this is the first time Penn State is ranked in the top four. But um, like I said, Ohio State being at number one was kind of shocking. And Penn State over Clemson at number four. Clemson had really hasn't played anyone. I get that. Their strength of schedule is probably one of the worst, you know, 65th in the country. You know, their they're really only quality win was over Texas A&M 24 to 10. But meanwhile, Bama beat them 47 to 28. I mean, they had a one point win over North Carolina. So I think the committee really saw that as a kind of hurting uh, the, the Tigers, even though they are the defending champs at 9 and 0. But, you know, I mean, Penn State does have a quality win against Iowa, another good win against a ranked Mich- Michigan team. So I can see why they did it. Like I said, I'm just a little surprised by it. Your thoughts on the initial rankings? Um, so, you know, I kind of – I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I believe that uh, the committee wants to see uh, a certain matchup or at least a certain quad of teams go into the playoff. 
And that comes from saying, hey, Clemson, if you're really that good, we're going to put you at five. And we're going to force you to go and blow out all these no-name teams that you put on your schedule. Lord knows why they've, they've created a schedule like this, whatever, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Right. Uh, yep. But it's I, I think that they are challenging them to, hey, you need to put on a show for us every week for us to move you up so that you can go ahead and come out here and perform. If I if you look at some of these schedules and what these teams are playing, uh, uh, Penn State, I think, is probably a very battle tested team. And mm-hmm. I say that in the sense that if you look at their schedule, you look at who they've played, um, you know, they, they have gone against ranked opponents. You know, they played against. Uh, Iowa, Michigan, um, you know, they, they're going to go ahead and play against Minnesota, uh, and then they're going to play Ohio State as well. Like, I, I feel like they have uh, shown that they're willing to challenge themselves, something that Clemson has not done this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I look at Ohio State. Ohio State, while we do get on uh, uh, Harbaugh for what he's oh, – excuse me, that's not Harbaugh. Harbaugh's yeah, no, 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 Ohio State. No, you talking about Michigan. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Michigan. Uh, we, we get on Ohio State for – you know Ryan uh, Day's uh, in Ohio State. Yep. Ryan Day's uh, uh, for the, the team he's put out here. But, again, this is a team where you look at who they're playing. They're actually coming out here to try to win games against quality opponents. Uh, beating up on Wisconsin, you know, they're going to come out here and get a chance at Ohio State and then Michigan after that. You know, these are these are big games that, again, Clemson is not playing in. Um, Alabama always plays well to their competition. They'll, they'll always be there. Um, and, you know, I mean, honestly, uh, I, I just I'm OK with this ranking. I, I think maybe Ohio State is a tad high. I feel like I feel like LSU should probably be the number one team. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you there. And, you know, just the way they play, just the way Joe Burrows play, the way that defense has looked, I think LSU has absolutely uh, come out and played really well. Um, that even though Texas is not ranked, really good game against them. Uh, they beat Florida. Um, they beat Auburn in a close one. They're going to play Alabama. Uh, that Texas A&M game at the end of the season should not be overlooked. And then, you know, potentially the SEC championship game, they'll be it. Um, and I know we'll talk about the LSU-Alabama game coming up this weekend, but I think LSU should be number one. Ohio State could be number two. Alabama number three. I'm keeping Penn State at number four. And Clemson okay. is at five. You can't play some cup. This is my problem with college football to go and play this cupcake schedule and only mm-hmm. win the UNC by one. And then you want the respect of the top dog because you won last year with a defensive line that no longer exists. I don't know <laughs> what to tell you, Clemson. I don't know what right. to tell you. They, they, you know what though, down in Clemson, they definitely they mad about it. You know for sure. For oh, sure. They mad. They, they mad. Yeah, you like they come and say you mad, bro? Yeah, yeah. they definitely mad, bro. <laughs> yeah, and and you hit it. You kind of talked about it briefly as we were going to talk about this week's games. Yo, you know, Penn State plays um, Minnesota this this week. You know, um, in Minnesota, I think, dude, I think this could be a trap game for Minnesota. You know they they go on they go on the road in a couple weeks against Ohio State. They've got between Minnesota, then I think they've got Indiana, and then Ohio State. But I, I think this could be a trap game. Don't get it twisted. I'm fully my money would be on a Penn State to win this 100%. But do not be surprised if there's a shock, there's an upset in the making. I'm not saying Minnesota's a better team whatsoever. I'm just saying I think this could be a trap game because they're all getting poised up to go Penn State, Ohio State, one versus four, or maybe probably going to be one versus three when it happens. Great. But I think this could be a trap for Penn State. So, folks, watch out. Be careful of this one. And, of course, the biggest matchup of the weekend, LSU, Bama. 
you know, the winner will probably be move up to number one, actually. So when a player state plays Ohio State, you know, there'll be two, three, whatever it hit, whatever it is. But, you know, the winner of this game probably moves to number one and probably, you know, you know, clears their fate to an SEC title match, SEC title game. Um, probably going to be against Georgia, let's say. But man, you know, you know, this game, you know, is two attack of Viola. Is he healthy? He's still recovering that high ankle sprain surgery that he had. You know, you got Joe, him, like you mentioned, Joe Burrow, to the top two, two of the top two quarterbacks in the country, both Heisman candidates. They rank in the top five or top four in QBR each, in completion percentage, in in total passing t- uh, touchdown passes. You know, you have two two great programs here. Um, but for this one, dude. I'm going to go Alabama if Tua plays. If Tua does not play, I will say LSU. But I will go Alabama if Tua plays. And I will also take down, as I mentioned, I think I, don't, I didn't even say it outright, but I'm going to go Penn State versus versus Minnesota, over Minnesota in that one. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with your sentiments there as far as uh... – you know, this LSU-Alabama game. Honestly, this is the kind of game Clemson is supposed to be playing in if you've got that championship trophy from last year on your jersey. You do not need to be out here. I don't know who uh, – uh, I can't remember the name of the, the quarterback from uh, Clemson. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor. I don't know who Trevor Lawrence thinks he's throwing against that he's about to come out and go into the NFL on that kind of a resume. Um, but, you know, I, I just – this is the kind of game that you need to have on your schedule, that you need to be willing to play, that you need to be out here putting in together. Even if you lose, even if you lose, the way that you play in this game says a lot more than you coming out here against an academy, against – I can't even I'm, – I'm about to – don't make me say one of these cupcake names of schools nobody's there. Charlotte? Bro, what? <laughs> are you – are you – who? Wolfer? Yeah. Woeful Wolford, are you out of your mind, Clemson? Mm-hmm. Come on, they won't play a ranked opponent until they play Wake Forest. If Wake Forest is still ranked in the top twenty-five, mm-hmm. right, um, right. And yeah, I do agree with you that there is trap game potential for Minnesota. God bless the Minnesota Golden Gophers for scheduling three ranked opponents in the next four weeks. I mean, I just feel like they will have something to prove. I feel like they, they want to come out here and play in some very tight games that they've won. Like, they just want to be in dogfights. But they've got uh, Penn State this weekend, Iowa next weekend, and everybody knows Iowa has been a good draw this year. Uh, and then mm-hmm. they close up the right. season against and Wisconsin. Then... Um, you know, like you said, this could be a trap game. Expect these guys to bring their best against Penn State. Yep, yep. I'm definitely I'm definitely looking forward to uh, both games this weekend uh, in the uh, college football realm. Let's move on to the professional side of football things, dude. And we have to. I know you don't want to talk about it, Obed, but the <laughs> first thing I'm going to bring up is the Baltimore Ravens defeating your New England Patriots. And folks, guess who called that game? <laughs> this guy. Okay, I said it. It's on. It's it's on. Excuse, sorry, over bed there. Um, you know, I I said it, folks. Anytime the page the Patriots and the Ravens play in Baltimore in prime time, like a Sunday night or a Monday night matchup, it it's always a phenomenal game, and the Ravens, you know, play them extremely, extremely well. I said it. I mean. Now, did I expect the Ravens to win by 17? No. Did I expect I, – I probably was going to say no Ravens by no more than 10. But, man, what a game this was. Yeah. But the Patriots are no longer undefeated. 
like I said, dude, I call this game. Uh, tell me, you know, Lamar Jackson was on another level. Has, you know, the Patriots, I don't think they've seen anything like this before. They just did not know what to do with this dude. Flat out. You know, he was juking and jiving. He was hitting that R1 button with that circle button afterwards, you know, crossing him up, crossing him up like uh, like God, sham God, you know, on the court. Oh, wow. And one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, man. Cool, cool. Shout out to Lamar Jackson doing what he does, man. Uh, your, your, quickly, your thoughts on that on that game. I want you guys to know, America, that I saw this game live in person. I was in that stadium. I might have been in the nosebleeds, but I was in there and could see everything. <laughs> um, you know, the, when you go back, and I, I do try to break down film every now and again, uh, the, some of the stuff that he does is just pure magic. It's not designed runs. He just he exits the pocket and he makes something happen and you there's no defense for that. Uh, I mean there were a couple times where Bill was you know at least smart enough to see that you had to put a spy there. But even when they put a spy on him, you know he can make a play with his arm. Uh, you know it's a very dynamic player. I, you know the the Patriots spot them seven points when uh, Julian Edelman fumbles the ball and it's returned to the house right. So that's your ten plus seven a seven gimme. Um, but, you know, I mean, they, they brought their best. Again, they, they do play them tough. And this is, this is a Ravens team coming off a bye that had two weeks to prepare for them on Sunday night, right? Like, it, it's, it's hard-pressed for me to think they weren't going to come out and throw in some new wrinkles and have something good out there. That's what you expect from them. Um, now, where do these two teams go from there? Uh, I, would, I, would, uh, I think it would behoove the Ravens to not be taking team photos on field. Uh, like, this is a high school game. <laughs> um, a lot, a lot of teams will apex. They'll hit their high point on beating the Patriots, and then well, I don't know what will become of them. This is no different to me than the Patriots losing uh, on Monday Night Football to the uh, Chiefs, 41-14, and them saying that the dynasty is dead, and the Patriots roll off and win the Super Bowl again. Uh, right. You know, right. this is the same Ravens team that got it from. The Ravens, I see that got it from the Browns uh, and, you know, have looked bad in some spots. So, you know, while they did come out here and win this game, I, I this is this is no one Super Bowl. This is week nine. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, that young man has all of the potential in the world, all of the ability in the world. I again, I stress I want them to make him a better passer because he's not doing big things until he starts getting that arm out there. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. I mean, he rushed 16 times at 61 yards in the ground, but two scores on the ground, you know. Yeah. In fact, you know, in fact, he passed in the passing the ball. He only had six incompletions, but, you know, only one for 163. But, I mean, man, I, I, this kid, I think he has, 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 has pole vaulted himself into a legitimate MVP candidate after this. Because this is a big win for them. I'm not saying yeah. it like you said. It's not a not anyone's Super Bowl, but it's still a good quality win for them, and that speaks volumes when you're talking about MVP MVP candidacy. So can you will, can you tell me who you think the other MVP candidates? Because I don't actually have him in the running for the MVP. For me, it's uh, Russell Wilson. Yes. Uh, uh, then it is uh, Christian McCaffrey. Yes. Um, and I can't speak enough about what the two of those bring, those people bring to their teams that I just feel like they are not who they are without mm -hmm. their performances, specifically the, uh, the, car the Carolina Panthers. I don't think the Carolina Panthers are anything without, uh, without CMC. Unless Cam Newton is there. 
Cam yeah. Newton can make that team better. Now we talked about it before, man. You know, when we, we will talk about him shortly. But yeah, Christian McCaffrey is that is proving to be one of the most dynamic players in football. But man, Seattle, if Seattle does not have Russell Wilson at the helm, I don't know where they would be. Yeah. At all. This yeah. team is proving, you know, Russell is making that team go, and he is 100% an MVP candidate. You know, uh, I mean, I, I, he's just doing things that is just unbelievable. I think he's, I think he's, matter of fact, he's the number one quarterback in fantasy football as well, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 7.5% touchdown rate, which is just ridiculous. And uh, Tyler Lockett is the most efficient wide receiver over the last like four or five seasons with mm-hmm. like the 25th most targets in a game. So like he had one week six for six for 100 yards. You're catching everything and you're still hitting the century mark. I mean, it's ridiculousness. Yeah. And yeah. now they have Josh Gordon. So I was going to mention that too, man, you know, Josh Gordon getting released by the, uh, the Patriots now going to Seattle. I don't think he's eligible to play this week, but man, if he, if he steps up and plays like he used to play, that's another weapon for Russell Wilson to just keep doing, keep doing things real, real big. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure you'll agree with me there. You I know? Do. I do. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving along quickly. I wanted to mention, I don't know if you saw the Broncos had placed quarterback Joe Flacco on IR. Quickly, my question to you is, Obed, why cannot why can't GM John Elway find a franchise quarterback? Um, so I'm going to say they, the the reason that we have in our show notes uh, that Joe Flacco was placed on IR is because of his neck. I'm pretty sure Joe Flacco was placed on IR because of his mouth. Uh, you go back and see some <laughs> of the comments that he made about the team and the direction it was going and the way that they were play calling into the fourth quarter of a lot of games. Uh, you know, he was calling for them to be more aggressive, more competitive. I think that's what got him on IR initially, because at first he had a two to three week uh, time frame that was stated by their doctors. Uh, secondly, why can't they find a franchise quarterback? Um, I'm going to put on my uh, non PC hat and uh, just say that John Elway has uh, he has quarterback colored glasses and these quarterbacks that he select all look the same. They all have a terrible pedigree, and they just aren't getting the job done. The Brock Osweilers, tall, Caucasian, can't throw for jack squat. Uh, Caleb Haney, can't throw for jack squat. Zach Dysert, can't throw for jack squat. Uh, Trevor Simeon, eh, Mm. five and five as a starter, couldn't throw for jack squat. (laughs) Paxton Lynch, they said Paxton Lynch played more uh, Fortnite than he did read his playbook. Oh my Caucasian couldn't throw for Jack squat. We're talking about drafts where he could have had Patrick Mahomes. He could have had Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson huh. beat Alabama in the national championship and you're letting him fall to the Texans. Why? What do you see in these terrible trash quarterbacks that what? What? Man. This is why this is why I have no love lost for what's happening to the Brown to the uh, the Bears. I hope the Bears are terrible because you can't tell me that you traded two first round draft picks to move up one spot to take a 13 game starter from UNC, the football powerhouse, when <laughs> you could have had Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson again, right. who beat Alabama Man, I- in the national championship. Right. And yeah, dude, and you're right. In the same boat here, well, the Bears, they don't know what the hell they're doing with Mitchell Trubisky, where he's going to, how, he's almost like he's downgrading, he's down, he's, he's excuse me, di- di- digressing 
each each week. But the Broncos, man, I don't know what it up with John Elway. He can't seem to get it right. Even you mentioned Simeon, you mentioned Paxton Lynch, Case Keenum last year before, bringing him in from Minnesota. You know, I'm not sure what it is why John Elway can't see talent the right in the right manner to get this team turned around. But they came up, they they got a win last week against Cleveland, which we'll uh, which I'll reference later on in the show. But don't even get me started on that right now. But man, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but John Elway, get it together, find some talent. Um, quickly, let's get into one more you right, you mad uh, statement here before we get into our picks. And that is for you, Obed, that Cam Newton will not play another down for the Panthers. So I'm going to reference a you right, you mad that we had uh, a few shows ago where you asked me if the uh, Panthers looked better with Kyle Allen at quarterback. They are like five and two right now with him, and they were 0 and 2 with Cam Newton. And then I said, You are right that Kyle Allen looks better in the Panthers' quarterback situation than Cam Newton. And I will say that you are right that Cam Newton will not play another down for the Panthers. They are looking at saving $19 million by not signing him to a new contract next year because I'm sure he's going to want a long term deal. You know, this a lot of this falls on Ron Rivera. He straight up used Cam Newton like LeGarrette Blunt, sending him up the middle. Of course, he's having surgery on his shoulder. He's using his shoulder as a battering ram, like a mm-hmm. like a running back, as opposed to a throwing machine, like a quarterback. Right, right. And now, yeah, and you know, I brought this up because you know we you know they placed Cam Newton on IR, so his season is over now with that nagging foot injury. You know, Kyle Allen five and one this year. You know, as a starter for the Panthers, man. You know, I, I, I just, but it's, it's so crazy to me to think that you know you have a such a dynamic athlete like that playing quarterback. This is why one of the biggest quarterbacks in the game that they're really gonna move on from him. It's crazy just to think about it, but I think it's a very big possibility, folks. So don't, do not be surprised if you see Cam Newton. And quite frankly, you know what? I think you mentioned the Bears before. I think the Bears should trade for Cam Newton because they damn well need a quarterback to themselves too. So that might not be a better, a bad way to go. Hashtag. I, I, I would agree. I was, I was going to ask you where do you think you see Cam next year? Personally, I was saying of the three, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, or Miami. If he goes to Miami, because as we'll talk about, Miami went ahead and uh, gave their old coach the the heave ho and beat them. You know, dropping them out of the tank for Tua that they've been trying to do by getting that one. Excuse me, that one win. I don't. I don't think I can see him going to Miami. Um, you know, I just don't know, man. I I think he can go to Chicago for sure because Chicago's ready to win now with that defense. They yeah. they are poised to win right now, and Cam. I think Cam does want to go to go to a contender, so that's why I don't can see him really going to Miami. Yeah, makes sense. But moving on, let's get right into our picks so we can wrap up the show this week, Obed. Um, last week we did no, yeah, I did okay. I uh, went nine and five. You went eight and six. Um, so we're gonna get right into it. So looking at this week's matchup, let's get into it. Uh, the first one, Thursday night football, the Charges at the Raiders. Man, uh, I'm gonna go. Oh, I was initially gonna go LA, but I'm gonna go Oakland in this one. Yeah, I think the Chargers defense is starting to get you know a little bit resurgent there. You know, I think they're a little healthier on offense. Melvin Gordon starting to look like the Melvin Gordon that we know. Um, I just think that they could come in here and catch him. But I'll tell you what, Dave, Dave, David Carr is playing lights out football. Maybe not for fantasy, but he is a Derek seven Carr. to one. T- Derek Carr, Derek Carr, he is a seven to one touchdown interception ratio right now. He is really playing some good football in this. Uh, 
uh, Gruden system. Um, I like what they're doing. I like Josh Jacobs, but I just think the LA Chargers with, uh, you know, Brandon Ingram and uh, Nick, uh, Joey Bosa, I think they're going to get it done. Coming off that big one against Green Bay, so kudos to them. Uh, Detroit at Chicago, man, I don't believe in Mitchell Trubisky. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, I'm going to go Detroit all the way in this one here. Even though it's in Chicago, I will go Detroit. So I have a feeling the defense is going to play well, but Chicago is going to make a decision that they need to win this game, and they will bench Mitchell Trubisky in this game and put Chase Daniel out there and actually be competitive. Wow, wow. Some hot take there from Obed. Baltimore at Cincinnati. This is an easy one. I don't think we need to spend much time on here. <laughs> Cincinnati's atrocious. So I'm going Baltimore. Can I can I phone a friend on this one? Sure. Let's go Baltimore. <laughs> yep. Um, Buffalo at Cleveland. Damn you, Cleveland. I had high hopes for you this season. I was all in. I put my all my chips in the table before the season started. You let me down. I refuse to pick Cleveland anymore this year. Damn it, I'm going Buffalo all the way. Yeah, I thought I saw a tweet where someone said the uh, the Cavs will probably make the playoffs before the Browns do, and I agree with them. Dude, the Browns, I can't believe they lost at, at Denver with a to a backup quarterback, Brandon Allen, who's never thrown a damn pass in the league before this 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 past weekend. You know, B- Baker like John Elway out there. He was slinging the rock, dude. Baker is more worried about shaving his damn mustache and beard than worried about winning football games. Did you know if you saw that that maybe he walked in the stadium with a full beard and mustache, came out in the game with a full man shoe, and walked out with a straight mustache in his post-game interview. I don't know what he's doing or what that team is doing. He walked out on an interview the week before. The linebacker got released for some going off on a rant on on, on social media. This team needs yeah. to get it together. Freddie Kitchens is a problem in that, you know, like we mentioned on a, on a, on a excuse me, on a You Right, You Mad uh, comment a week, a week or two ago, it's more on Kitchens. It needs to get control of that damn team because they, they, should, they should be doing better. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. They should be doing a lot better. And and one, you think all of that is bad? They got a ticking time bomb on the sideline there who at one point was the best wide receiver in the league. I am concerned. I am concerned that we are going to see the kind of outburst that we saw on the sideline with the Giants because, again, they just won't get him the ball. Seriously. Didn't pay him to not get him the ball. And you're about to see what happens when a play. He's just like the really smart kid in class. You need to challenge him or he's going to start acting up. Yes, 100% agree with you. Five five catches for 87 yards. Throw him the damn ball. And jo- even Jarvis Landry's not getting the ball enough either. But I, I can tell you, I'll go on with Cleveland the rest of the damn show. So please, let's let's move on from Cleveland. Let's keep going. <laughs> let's keep Kansas let's City keep. at Tennessee. We've got, uh, you know, I, I, reports are saying that Patrick Mahomes, your homie, my homie Mahomes is going to be out there. Mm-hmm. I'm going Kansas City. Yeah, if he's out there, 100%, I'll go Kansas City. Should they rush him back? I don't think they really need him, but I'll go Kansas City anyway. Um, Atlanta at New Orleans. <laughs> Easy one. <laughs> Saints. Come on. Saints. Right, Saints all day. Saints all day. Um, New York, New York. New Jets and Giants playing playing each other. That, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, I think we're both going to Giants on here, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the battle for New York will be won by Snake Daniel Dimes. <laughs> um, Arizona at Tampa Bay. I'm going to go Tampa Bay just because it's in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm going Tampa Bay. I mean, Mike Evans is crushing it right now. I think oh, they finally, oh. they're finally showing what the offense is supposed to be. They got everybody excited about Chris Godwin, but this is the Mike Evans show. You know, Miami at Indianapolis, not sure about Jacoby Brissett's knee or ankle, what have you. He hurt last week. I'm still going to go to Indianapolis in this one. 
that was rough. He had his foot stepped on by an offensive lineman, and then an offensive lineman fell into his knee. So you can't tell me he doesn't have a sore foot and a high ankle sprain. I really, I, even with Brian, uh, Brian Hoyer out there, I still like Indianapolis. Uh, Green Bay hosting Carolina. I'm going to go Green Bay in this one. They're coming off that tough loss against the Chargers, as I mentioned. They can't lose two in a row. I'm going, I'm going Packers. They can't lose two in a row, but to be quite honest with you, people have shown that there's enough tape out there on how you beat the Green Bay Packers. Run, run, run. And one of the, and who's probably going to get the rushing title this year is about to show up at their house. Um, I don't know if they think they're going to stop Christian McCaffrey, but they can try, goddammit. <laughs> they're going, they going to try for sure, but I don't know if they can end. Um, Los Angeles at Pittsburgh. Um, I, you know, Pittsburgh just I don't, doesn't have enough firepower to keep up with the Rams here. So I'm, I'm going to go Rams. Yeah, Rams coming off a bye. I'm sure uh, uh, Sean McVay has been working in some new plays for Josh Reynolds. will be taking over for uh, a concussed and hopefully coming back at some point. Uh, Brandon Cooks um, was tired to see him get injured again, kind of limit his career. Um, but I, I, I'm going L.A. Rams. Yep, Minnesota at Dallas. I initially wanted to go Dallas here because I'm telling you right now, if they come out with another loss, their season is over. They will, everyone will be talking about, but I think Minnesota is a better team. You know, even though they're coming off that tough loss against Kansas City, that against on that game winning field goal, I'm still going to go to Minnesota here, even though it's, man, you know, man, I know I, folks, I may change my pick later in this, later this week, but it's, even though it's in Dallas, I, I'll stay, I'll stick with Minnesota right now. I'll stick with Minnesota. I'm sticking. I'm going Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't think we're going to see another black cat again, giving them that voodoo magic like they did against the New Giants. Um, and again, this is this is another, you know, hey, what do we think these teams match up in? It's about the quarterback. And this guy, Kirk Cousins, has a lot of experience playing against this team. So I have faith in the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I mean, you know, Prescott is a better quarterback, but I'm just going to go just overall the team where they've been playing. I'm going to go Minnesota. And last but not least, the excuse me, last but not least, excuse me, uh, the Monday night matchup leave is going to be Seattle at San Francisco. Man, two both dynamic teams. San Francisco, the last undefeated team um, in the league. As we said, Russell Wilson, you know, uh, MVP candidate of Seattle sitting at 7-2. and two. You know, San Fran's 8-0. I was, you know what? I was going to go San Francisco. I had it on record, but you know what? I'm going to change my pick right now, folks, and I will be changing to Seattle. I think Seattle goes into ten, goes into San Fran and gets that W and hands the 49ers their first loss of the season. You know what? I might I might have to follow suit with you on that one. I'll think about it over a couple of days and then I'll change my pick up. But I do, I do agree that Seattle, the one thing that San Francisco didn't need is a game against a, a lower class opponent who played mm-hmm. them up real hard. Kenyon's Drake, fresh off of another team, three days to be on the in the in the office, came and gashed them with run after run after run. And it really showed that if you can spread these guys apart, there's gonna be lanes. If and uh, Sherman, just so you're aware, Josh Gordon was not eligible for the game last week, but he is eligible to play Monday night at San Francisco. Ooh. So there is no way your defense is not going to attribute a player to him. I can only imagine what the looks they're going to show and what they can actually throw out of. Seattle, mm-hmm. I think, is a very sneaky They'll look play good. to go in there and yep, look good. A sneaky play to yep. go in there and take it to San Francisco. 
Yeah, with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Josh Gordon, Russell Wilson starting to get up. You know, depending on how healthy he is, we'll see, you know, what kind of shape Josh Gordon is in. But, man, like I said, I'm officially changing my pick to, to Seattle over San Francisco on Monday night. Yep. Well, folks, I think that's going to do it for here. Uh, excuse me. That's going to do it for us this week here on What's the Word Entertainment. I'm Obed. Definitely glad to have you back here in action with us. Um, any final words for the people out there, you know, that you're back in action? Uh, you know what, Sherm? Thank you very much. I'm glad to be back on the, on the, on the comeback trail again. Uh, America, if you can make your dreams happen, hard work, perseverance, uh, and never saying die. Never give up. Never quit. You, too, can find yourself catching passes from one GOAT player and then going to Seattle and another GOAT player. It can happen <laughs> to you. <laughs> Wise words of wisdom from the man that we, uh, coming off IR <laughs> back here with us. Obed, as always, thank you again so much, folks. Don't forget to check us out on SoundCloud.com slash What's the Word Entertainment. Of course, check us also out on Twitter, our Twitter handle, at the W-W-E-N-T. For Obed, I am Sherm. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.